Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today, it's August 16th, 2021. It's currently 3.24 a.m. on a Monday morning, and I'm here podcasting to you. I should be sleeping, but I'm not, <laughs> right? It's okay. I can stay up late. I don't have a wedding. I don't have work tomorrow. All I have is uh, I'm going to eat sushi tomorrow with my father. It's his birthday. And then I'm going to be barbecuing tomorrow. I'm going to be barbecuing some beef ribs. Man, I haven't barbecued for a while, but my, my smoker's still out there in the rain. Yeah, it's been raining a little bit, and I have not yet taken my smoker out of the rain, out of the weather elements, uh, since uh, my friend Brian came over to my house. So uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be curious when I pop open that, that smoker, that hood there, to see what, what it looks like under there. I hope it's not rusting too bad. I really hope it's not rusting too bad. But what can I say? I hope, I, I'm just going to pray to God that it's not. But if it is, you know, I may just have to, you know, repair it. So, how was your weekend? My weekend, you know what? I'm going to cut straight to the chase. Uh, one thing that's on my mind right now is getting my ass whooped while I was road biking today. And uh, usually, I don't get my ass whooped. But that's what I'm going to talk about when I come back from commercial break. Uh, but in the meantime, before that, um, I want to talk about, you know, you know the other thing that's on, on my mind right now is just COVID right now. And um, it's really frustrating that the entire world is just going completely paranoid. You know that I saw on the news today that, or, or clips of the news, that uh, you have news reporters out there, journalists. Well, I don't even call them journalists anymore. I, I just, why don't we just call them professional alarmists? Because they're out there calling those who are unvaccinated murderers, right? And they're calling the Delta variant the DeSantis variant because apparently, you know, Governor DeSantis over there in Florida just wants to kill everyone. How can you be a journalist or even someone who works on television out there calling another governor a murderer, right? And then spreading on fake news, spreading along fake, fake, uh, fake narratives out there just to freak people out. I mean, this is so crazy. I mean, we're living in a world right now where the media is just trying to find every single possible narrative out there to just work it, finagle it, to demonize those on the right, to demonize conservatives. They're out there telling us that those who are not vaccinated are murderers, okay? And those, and they're saying that those who are not vaccinated are contributing to everyone's deaths. And on top of that, these should not be allowed into movie theaters, events, or parks, or anything like that. Nothing, right? Businesses. And you shouldn't even be allowed to run a business. Now, I'm vaccinated. I have friends who are not vaccinated. Now, I am concerned about those who are vaccinated and those who are not vaccinated because there's, like, conflicting information because maybe this vaccine isn't entirely safe. We don't know the long-term effects to things, right? And then at the same time, I'm concerned of those who are not vaccinated because they may not have really good protection against this Delta variant that's out there. And a lot of them who are not vaccinated don't have a plan to battle COVID. So, for example, do they have ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine on call? When they do get infected, many of them don't. All right. So I'm concerned on both sides. 
But I'm not going to call my friends who don't get vaccinated murderers because there's no reason to, to call them that. I'm not going to call people who don't wear masks habitually murderers because there's no reason to do that. I'm not going to call people who like throw parties murderers. I'm not going to call Obama a murderer or even a super spreader or anything like that. He threw a party over there in Martha's Vineyard, and he has all the right to do that. And yes, it may be a super spreader event, right? But who the hell cares? I mean, really, most of the people there, they're vaccinated. How many of the people there are hospitalized because of that? None, right? How many of the people are, like having, are having really bad symptoms? Well, most of them, none. Most of them, none. They have, they have a little sneeze, a little, a little cough here and there, but it has not escalated to a point where they need hospitalization. And the truth is that even if you have a breakthrough case, and there are breakthrough cases with this, with this vaccine, which it is like for all vaccines, like even if the flu vaccine out there, you can still catch the flu if you have the vaccine. But it won't take you out. It won't kill you. And by the way, the flu can kill. All right? And by the way, the flu kills more children than COVID kills. Oh, boy. Oh, why don't I throw this in? By the way, the Delta variant doesn't kill as many as doctors do. Because right now, every single year, 200,000 200, people die from medical malpractice. I think it's 250,000 right now. Could you imagine that? And what if we throw in the people who died from COVID because doctors out there didn't want to treat them? Because doctors stopped being doctors and they started to listen to bureaucrats. They listened to what Fauci says. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what they're doing right now, right? With COVID, they don't individualize medicine. They don't say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this drug doesn't work for you. Maybe this vaccine doesn't work for you. No, they just look to the CDC, to the NIH, to Dr. Fauci, and just say, what will Fauci do? And by the way, Fauci is not even a doctor. He's not a medical doctor. He's purely a bureaucrat. When's the last time Fauci has treated a patient? When's the last time has Fauci treated a COVID patient? None. When's the last time he actually looked into, uh, I guess, a patient's eyes and, and, dis and talked to them about individualizing their medicine. When has he done that? Never, right? But he's advising all of these other doctors on what to do and how to act. And right now, you know, we have the CDC who is controlling literally the, the real estate market or the rental market. I think a little bit of both because you're going to find a lot of people who are going to be defaulting on their mortgage because their damn renters are not paying the rent. Right? It's all the CDC's fault. When did the CDC have that ability to govern the real estate market? You tell me. You tell me. I'm stupid for thinking that? I don't know, people. I have no idea what type of road we're living in now. But right now, all I'm seeing is that people are just freaking out on COVID. And I have friends, their own family members have excommunicated them because they don't want to take the vaccine. If this vaccine works, why are you so scared of those who are unvaccinated? I have friends who are unvaccinated. I'm not scared of them, right? You know, I have my plan. 
I'm vaccinated. I take quercetin and zinc to to kill the COVID virus. I, I, I took the vaccine to neutralize the virus. So I have neutralization, and I also have things in my body that kills the virus once it enters. And then on top of that, I'm going to have hydroxychloroquine and or ivermectin on call just in case those fail. Sounds like a pretty darn good plan, right? But what's everyone else's plans? What are these doctors prescribing you when you get sick? They're telling everyone, go home. So they're, because the CDC tells them there's no viable treatment out there. None whatsoever that we approve of. And why don't they approve of it? Because they're saying that, well, it doesn't pass the double-blinded placebo test. And what does the double-blinded placebo test require you to do? Well, it requires you to kill people. All right, let's be very clear about that because you're going to be giving people a placebo. And you're going to say, well, you folks there who wanted to take, you know, something that may help you from preventing you from getting COVID. Well, we just want to see if you actually get sick. We're just going to see, we're just going to see that because we know it may work, but what if you took this away and you died? If you die and you don't, because we just gave you a damn sugar pill or just injected, you know, saline into your body instead of the vaccine, we know for a fact that. These other people got saved because of it. So thank you for dying. We welcome your sacrifice. (laughs) That's what they're doing. How ethical is that? That's what the NIH is saying, right? When they said there's no double-blinded placebo test. Well, why can't we just treat people with it? Because that's what the people who are real doctors are doing, right? The real doctors are just saying, well, why don't we just try it? Because you're sick. And this thing could kill you. So what do you have to lose? Because we're going to be putting in medication like hydroxychloroquine and or, and or ivermectin, which is very, very safe. We know for a fact that it's not going to hurt you. And guess what? The only reason why these doctors, why the NIH, why Dr. Fauci or anyone, they're against hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin is because Trump endorsed it. Well, he didn't endorse ivermectin, but he endorsed um, hydroxychloroquine. That's the only reason why. The only reason why. And you're telling me they follow the science? No, they follow an agenda. (sighs) I, I don't know, people. I'm sorry for going off on that. It's just, that's what's on my mind. But you really have to take a look at it. Do they really care about the Delta variant? Do they really care? I mean, think about this, right? We have celebrities out there who are saying, social distance, wear a mask, right? And then they go out there, they're telling you on top of that, you know, don't gather. Here in Hawaii, they're saying don't gather because this Delta variant, it's really, it's really serious. And then we have Obama, who's from Hawaii, or maybe from Hawaii, but let's just take his word from it. He's a local, and um, he's up there. And he's partying up in Martha's Vineyard so he can have a party of like 200, 500 people, right? Rubbing elbows with each other, partying it up with no mask, taking pictures and all that, living it up. But you can't. You can't have, you can't do that. But he can. It's okay, right? Because these are sophisticated, vaccinated people, according to that one woman on MSNBC. You know, Obama and his crowd, they're sophisticated and vaccinated. They know more than you. So it's okay for them to do it, not you. 
<laughs> you like it, people? You know, this, you know, this weekend, um, I guess Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. Uh, the, the Taliban are in control of, Afghan, of, of Afghanistan. And I'm seeing images or video on top of um, Facebook right now, which are just incredible. Um, there's a C-17 taxiing on the runway. And it can't take off because you have people, Afghanis, who want to flee their country because they fear for their life because the Taliban took over. And they're grabbing on to the C-17 plane like as though they're Tom Cruise. And the pilot won't take off because of that. But they're that fearful of the Taliban. They want out. They know how bad it's going to be. Of course, the Taliban is saying, we want to be recognized as a legitimate government. We're not going to do that. But <laughs> even the locals know they don't have that reputation. So that's what's happening, right? And all of this has happened because of Joe Biden. All of it. All of it has happened because of Joe Biden. And I don't understand how people can sit there and say, Joe Biden is just doing a wonderful job. You know, America under Trump was great. It was only the media and the paranoid that twisted the truth to make it seem as though the sky was falling. Right? I remember talking to a few people who are just who just hated Trump. They said, I can't believe what type of America we're living in. Like, this is just so bad. Of course, all of that stuff, they're just making it up in their head. But now you don't have to make it up in your head. You just look at the gas pump. It's close to $5 a freaking gallon. Here in Hawaii, it's inching up to $5 a gallon. In California, it's more expensive than Hawaii. Why is that? We don't even have our own oil in Hawaii, and it's more expensive in, in California. Does that make any sense? The price of meat, the price of, we'll just talk barbecue for a second. Under Trump, it, a brisket was $2.46 per pound. It, at the highest, I saw it at $3.24 a pound, but at one time it was $2.49 a pound. Holy smokes, it was great. Right? We could get prime beef, so cheap. Pork, chicken, everything. It's so cheap. Even during COVID, it was cheap. It was cheap. Now, it's so crazy. It's like about $5, $6 a pound for a brisket. Choice meat. Choice, a choice ribeye is in the mid-20s. $20 per pound. That's what Kobe beef was at at one point. Now to buy Kobe beef, you have to mortgage your house, it feels like. Does this make any sense? This is better, people? This is better. And the media doesn't even address the rising price of food, the rising price of real estate, the rising price of gas. And that's all inflation. They don't want to talk about it because all of a sudden, you know, they're going to say, they're going to have egg on their face, pie on their face, because... America's this way because their man got in, which I still don't believe is 100% legitimate. I still don't. I really don't. And we'll talk about that in, at some other time. But how can anyone think that this is good? And here's what I don't like. You know, you have Democrats who are still blaming Trump for the rising oil prices. You have Democrats. We're not talking politicians. Democrats who are stupid. They're blaming all of this 
on Trump. Trump had nothing to do with this. All right? I mean, Trump had absolutely nothing to do with this. Now we're so stupid. You know, our, you know we have racism being taught in the schools. We have men competing in women's uh, sports events. We have, we have a, 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 a nation of kids who, who don't believe in America. We have a nation where half of, half of, their, of the people who live here think that we're still racist. You know, it's so stupid, right? They th- and, and then half of the nation is actually racist because they think in white privilege. They prejudge whites based on the color of their skin and tell them that they are evil. They are evil because they're white and they can't do anything because they're white. And they're teaching this in schools. That's the basis, basis of CRT. And Donald Trump spoke up against this and Chris Wallace, during the debates, rephrased it and said, Trump, uh, Mr. President, why are you against, you know, teaching, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, I guess the theory of anti-racism in the military? And Chris Wallace rephrased that because CRT is not about anti-racism. It's about racism. Trump answered the, 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 the question properly. And yet, the way the media spun it, it made Trump look like the racist when actually Chris Wallace was a damn racist racist because he actually hates himself. That guy is a bonehead. The whole thing, the whole debate and everything, Fox News and, and all the other guys there, you know, I'm not sure what was going on with Fox News, but it seemed as though, you know, the, the Chris Wallace was against Trump. And you're not supposed to be for or against anyone, but he was definitely against Trump lying. He even used that stupid, that that stupid um, um, thing thing where Trump said there were there are great people on both sides, good people on both sides, and rephrased that to make it seem as though Trump was sympathetic to white supremacists, right? And that was a total lie. In fact, Chris Wallace came out before and debunked that, and now he was using it as a tool to to call. Trump a white supremacist. I, I, I just can't believe that. And the stupid people out there, the stupid voters out there, and there are stupid voters out there, believed it. They believed it. They said, oh, look, Trump is a white supremacist. And many people still believe that Trump is a white supremacist, that he's a racist out there, right? That he doesn't like blacks. You know who's racist against blacks? A lot of liberals are. Tons of liberals are racist against blacks, and they don't even know it. They're racist against minorities, and they don't even know it. The, most of the liberal party are racist, and they don't even know it. They, and they say it on camera, and they don't even know it. For example, let's just, let's just take voter ID. You know what they say about blacks and minorities and Asians like myself? They say, well, first of all, it's the fact that Blacks and Asians really don't know how to get an ID. We're that stupid. We're that stupid. Really. Right? I mean, that's totally racist. Like, like I told you, my, my friend, my friend who's, who wanted to do so much for black people, this person goes into Costco, sees a black person, and walks up to that black person who's well-dressed and gives that black person $20, say, here's $20, the black person looks at, at my friend and says, why are you, my liberal friend, and says, why are you giving me this? And he, and he says, I'm a, I don't need this, I'm a doctor. 
And that person says, that liberal person says, you can't be a doctor, you're black. That is so racist. Then that person goes onto Facebook, brags about it to her liberal friends and says, I gave $20 to a black person who claimed he was a doctor and we know all, we know he can't be a doctor because he's black. <sighs> and they have no idea that they're racist. I come out and say, that is freaking racist. And then I get attacked because I think a black person could be a doctor. How do you know he's not telling the damn truth? I'm, I'm thinking he is, he is a doctor, right? I don't have to meet him. And then I get attacked by all the liberals out there saying, oh, you know, Steve, you know, you think this black guy could be a doctor. How dare you think he could be a doctor? It's a black guy. You know, that's so racist. That's, so racism does exist. It exists on the Democrat side of the party. They're still racist. They're just too stupid to notice that. And you know what's even worse about this whole thing, where this government is going, where this whole, this whole Black Lives Matter stuff, where it led the entire nation, and it just snowballed. It, you know, COVID, Black Lives Matter, all this just snowballed everything. Into, it, it kind of plunged our entire, entire, our entire country into like this, this like huge ball of stupidity. But here's how stupid it is. Here's how ironic these kids on the left are. They're out there pulling down statues, Confederate statues. See, these Confederate statues, I can't believe it. They represent slavery and slavery. We're going to cancel it, cancel it, tear it down. And they tear it down. And who do they vote for? These Confederates are all Democrats, right? Who do they vote for? The Democrat Party. The Democrat Party. Why don't you cancel the Democrat Party? They're the ones who were in favor of slavery, people. No, no, we can't do that. And you have Joe Biden out there, you know, saying some of the most racist things out there. Oh, we can't do that because Trump is so bad. And they're seeing Trump as a racist when there's no racism. You have black leaders, leaders out there who endorse Trump. You have black ministers out there who endorse Trump. Oh, he can't be that. Those blacks are stupid. Oh, those blacks are stupid. That's racist, right? They're saying that, they said that about, they say those blacks are stupid. They talk about Herman Cain, Larry Elder, Thomas Sowell. They talk about uh, Candace Owens when they say those blacks are stupid. The Hodge twins, right? All those people, Officer Tatum, you know, uh, uh, ABL, all these good, awesome black guys. Even, even that comedian Terrence and all that, right? They're all black. They're all black guys who are on the conservative side and they call them stupid blacks. The Democrats call them stupid blacks. Isn't that racist? Right? But no. You know, let's just go vote for the Democrat Party. They're still racist. They're just outsmarting, you know, these, these uh, young liberals. And the liberals are too stupid to even know they're racist. It, it, it's just, they're ignorant. Where do we go from here, people? I mean, really, where do we go? The strong leader that we had, Donald Trump, who drew the, you know, Donald Trump is amazing. Donald Trump is really amazing. Because you have a lot of people out there, like myself, on the right, conservatives. You have a lot of conservatives who say the right things, but they'll never step up to the plate, even like myself, because... I like making money in the private sector. 
You know, I'm selfish like that, right? You know, a lot of us want to make money, have the nice house or, you know, afford the nice car or whatever. You just want to, we're so busy making money. We don't want to, you know, I want to make my barbecue company. I have some other ambitions. Donald Trump, he had ambitions, but he said enough is enough. I'm drawing the line. I'm digging my heels into the sand right here and I'm not going to budge. So when these guys came after him, they tried to destroy him. He didn't budge. And I saw a guy who's so strong and a family who's so strong. His family is strong. They're strong as nails. You know, these, they, and they stand up for what's right and what's wrong. You know, a lot of these guys, even including Donald Trump, were registered Democrats. Don Jr., you know, the, um, Ivanka was, or Ivana. She was actually, you know, Ivanka Trump, she, she was actually a registered Democrat. They couldn't even vote for Donald Trump in their own state because they were registered Democrats. But the Democrat Party changed. You know, the Democrat Party of old is no longer there. This new Democrat Party is racist once again. They're racist against blacks. They're racist against whites. And they're cheaters. They're liars. And on top of that, they're... They're screwing with our nation, and our nation is going down the drain faster than we can even say what the hell is happening. So what are we going to do, people? I mean, really, what are we going to do? By the way, before I cut the commercial, I'm going to, I got to cut the commercial because I'm just really, I can talk about this forever, and I'm sure a lot of you just love it, right? But what happened in Afghanistan, by the way? That's a true insurrection, all right? How do you overthrow a government? You go in there with guns blazing. You instill fear into your enemy, and your enemy drops their weapons and flees like a little girl, and that's what happened. Everyone is just fleeing like a little girl. You see the people there, the Afghanis, the, the citizens, they're fleeing. They're so scared of the Taliban. The president... He's gone. The president took off. He has fled the country. All right? So the Taliban is in control. That's what you call an insurrection. On January 6th, now what happened there shouldn't have happened. But it was basically a rally, a rally that got out of control. And unfortunately, that's what happens. Now, was there FBI plants in there that kind of moved it in, the, in that direction? It looks as though that may have happened, all right? Tucker Carlson and Deadspin, they did a report on there. It looks as though that's what happened. And that's part of the psychological warfare, by the way. I have a friend who works in psychological warfare. That was his job to, in, to, um, to actually, uh, this is within our government, to, to fight wars by turning their own people either against each other or against their government, right, through propaganda. So we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to like, put, um, put like, uh, troops on the ground. They just leaflet something with something to spread rumors, and all of a sudden, you know, you have people, like, fighting each other. And that's what's happening right now in America. You know, that's what the Democrats are doing. They're engaging us into a psychological war. But what happens over there over there on January 6th, something happened to push those people over the edge. You had people there who showed up with bad intentions. 
more definitely, I mean, definitely, because they were gas masked out. They showed up ready to fight. No doubt about it, right? But that does not represent the Trump supporters. When the Capitol was breached, you didn't see anything burned. For the most part, nothing was vandalized. You know, imagine if Black Lives Matter went inside there or like Antifa went in there. You see the Capitol would be on fire, but there was no, nothing was set on fire. But they're treating the people who went into there as though they're, they're, as though they're terrorists. They're not. They're just people. For the most part, there are people who are just let in, didn't know what the hell they were doing, their grandmas and grandpas. They're older people who say, yeah, I'm here in the Capitol taking pictures and selfies with each other, right? Ashley Babbitt, who was shot, was wearing a Trump cape, was not even armed, and she was shot in the neck by a police officer. That's murder. Could you imagine if, you know, a black person was running toward an officer with no gun, no nothing, and just with a Biden flag strapped around his neck, and that officer shot him, or him or her. Well, that person would probably be considered racist. We would know the, that officer's name, and more than likely, that would be considered murder, because that, it, would, it would be considered murder, because that's the right charge. Ashley Babbitt was not armed. <laughs> not armed at all. Even though if she breached a barrier, you could still tackle her. You didn't have to use lethal force, even at that moment. There are so many false narratives out there being, you know, being written out there. Holy crap, people. It is 30 minutes. I didn't cut the commercial yet. See what happened? I just kept going. All right. So my, I guess my appetizer turned into my main course. So... I'm going to cut the commercial because if I don't cut the commercial, I'm not going to have any bills to pay. So do me a favor and listen to my podcast after I come back from the commercial. I'm just going to talk about my biking, um, my biking experience just for a little while, just for about 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. And then that'll be it for the podcast because this is going on for way too long. All right, people. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, I hope you're back from that commercial break. I'm, I really am because I want to talk about this road racing. Oh, what is the right word for it? My experience racing my road bike against one of the fastest bikes ever in the world. And in fact, I would say it is the fastest bike in the world. <laughs> I got my butt whooped. I got my ass handed to me. Um... So, I want to talk more about that bike. I want to talk more about that experience. I promise you, it's not going to be a very long podcast, and I just want to keep it very, very lighthearted. So, I'm going to turn this down. You know, first of all, I am sorry for just going off on a tangent about Joe Biden. I promise I won't do that. Why not? I take that back. That's a big lie. I'll probably do that more often than not, right? So, anyway, let's talk about what happened yesterday. 
So yesterday I went for a bike ride down on Lagoon Drive, um, and I didn't bike much because I ended up meeting my friend there, and we started, ended up starting to chat it up. So I do one lap, see my friend, meet him down at the end of the parking lot, and uh, then while I'm in the parking lot, I see this um, one biker pull up, and dude, <laughs> this guy's bike looked as though it was out of the movies. I mean, it looked as though it, it didn't even look like a regular bicycle. I said, whoa. <laughs> I mean, this caught my eye. Because usually I see, you know, time trial bikes and like, you know, arrow bikes. They all look pretty cool. But this bike, <laughs> this bike was just nuts. This bike was just nuts. So I had to go up to the guy to talk to him. So this bike is made by Diamondback. Um, I forgot what the exact brand of it was, but it's, it's made by Diamondback. Usually, I think Diamondback is a pretty crappy type of um, brand name, but this thing looks serious. And it looked like a Ducati with bike wheels, right? So I, I asked him, well, how fast do you go out? And when you go out of Lagoon Drive, this, this strip of um, land out, out there, um, it's a headwind. It's about a 20 to 25 mile per hour headwind. So just imagine how strong that is. So you have to be pedaling at a pretty good clip just to get at maybe 14 miles per hour. And when I go out, I usually hit anywhere between 14 to 16, sometimes 17 if the wind isn't blowing too hard um, and I'm feeling it. And sometimes I can kind of touch 18, which is still fast, by the way, for a road bike. Um, I can touch 18, but I'm really pushing it up. I'm more comfortable at 16 miles per hour, maybe even 15, especially when it's heavy. This guy tells me when he goes out, he hits around 20 to 25 miles per hour. So my eyes just light up and I say, what? 20 to 25 miles per hour in a headwind? Are you kidding me, right? And he goes, yeah, this bike is fast. He was telling me, this bike is so fast and it looks fast, right? So I said, how fast do you go with the wind? Now, for myself, I can go pretty quick. I can go maybe about 33. I've hit, my top speed was 43 miles per hour, and that's with a sprint, but that's not maintaining. So he's saying, I could go a little bit above 30 on the way back. So I said, okay, not too bad. But going out, 22, 20-something, that is burning. That is burning it. So... What happens is that I, I tell him, so I ask him, are you going to ride around? He goes, yeah, I'm going to ride down here. So this Lagoon Drive, by the way, is about a five-mile loop, but, but it's really good for time trial bikes or um, triathlon bikes because they can't turn really well, but it's just a long straightaway. Just think, it's just, it's just long straightaway. And uh, again, a, a lot of people uh, who bike go there to practice because it's it's really strong wind. It's a really good workout. And uh, if you have a triathlon bike that which can't really turn very well, um, you should go here, right? So I always get, the, I always have the opportunity to race a lot of good triathletes or even a lot of good bikers. And I would say about <laughs> 19 times out of 20, or before this one, 20 out of 20, uh, I would be able to beat everyone. Now this guy is much older than me. He's 61 years old. I think so. He said he was 61. And I said, okay, so, and I'm 44. Am I 44? I'm 44. So, so I may not be in the, you know, as good shape as it was before. And plus, I'm carrying a little bit of weight from COVID, from eating all the cookies. But I'm still, I still got the leg muscle and I can still push it through. And I'm still beating a lot of the guys who out there who are older, older than me or younger than me and a lot in better shape than me. I can still beat them. So what happens is that uh, 
I, I tell him, I'm going to try to keep up with you on your second lap. So I'm not even dressed to go biking. He says, yeah, dude. Okay, cool. So he does his first lap, and he is just smoking it. So by the time I get ready and put all my gear on, he starts coming around for the second lap and says, okay, man, I'm ready to go, and I get right on his tail. So one thing about biking is that <laughs> drafting is a very good um, – it makes a big difference. And when you draft, you want to keep yourself – as close as you can to the back tire of the person in front of you. So the closer you draft, the more than likely that biker will just pull you with them and they're going to just soak up all the wind. So this was the, so when he started going out, man, he hit the pedal super hard and he was hitting, I swear he was hitting 17, 17 to 19 miles per hour straight out the gate. And I had to match those pedals to match his, match his speed. So we started going up there and, and we started going up to 20, 23 miles per hour, 24 miles per hour. This dude is trying to get rid of me. And I'm out there, my legs are starting to burn, my calves are starting to burn, and I'm keeping up there with them, you know. So the first mile passes, I'm still out there drafting him, and he's not a very good guy to draft, by the way, because he keeps going left and right, left and right, and uh, so once in a while, I get hit by all this wind, because he, he can't stay still. Right? Usually if you draft a guy right in front of you, I can just draft him. And then on top of that, his bike is kind of weird, because I'm not getting... The usual draft that I'm usually getting, I'm still feeling quite a bit of wind. So I'm still feeling turbulence. And, um, and, and, and I think he knows that, right? So, so anyway, right about the, the mile and a half, uh, a half marker, I'm thinking, ooh, my legs are really starting to give. I'm starting to, I'm starting to not, not like this. And about the mile and three quarter marker, maybe two miles, I just say, you know what? I can't keep up. And he just like takes off. Not really, but he doesn't really burn, burn me. Uh, he, he just takes off, and I try to keep up. I drop my speed down to 18 miles per hour, but he's going 22, 24, and, and I can't keep up. I can't hug his wheel anymore. So he has to make the U-turn and come back. And, of course, because he has a time trial bike uh, or a triathlon bike, they can't make really good turns. They just can't. So he has to take this really, really wide turn, and uh, I can take a more narrow turn. So I'm, I'm able to kind of close the gap. Then he starts going back, and um, I think he's hitting around 30, 33 miles per hour, and I start hitting about 35, 36. Now, that's pretty fast, and I think I'm going up to 37. And um, I'm starting to catch him up, but then, then again, I start, I start feeling my legs, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't catch him up. So then he goes, and then he kind of burns me again. And, and uh, I, I kind of like I, – he has maybe a, about a 30-second gap on me. I'll say a 30-second gap, which is a huge gap. Usually it's only about a couple seconds, but 30 seconds is a pretty big gap. And by the time I finish my second lap, uh, he, by the time when he's coming out, coming out of the parking lot, I'm going straight back in, which is still not that bad, but um, that's still a pretty big gap out there. And uh, he, I think he thought he would have a huge gap on me, like, you know, close to like almost one lap, but he only had maybe 30 seconds on me. But still yet to me, that's being whooped, all right? And uh, I, I tell you what, um, this bike is freaking awesome so uh you know <laughs> i go back home and i start researching about this bicycle i'm thinking like man where's this bike where can i find this bike so i find out it's a it's a triathlon bike and it's not legal to compete in the uci comp in uci competitions uci competitions are are um bike competitions like you know um the, the tour de france 
uh, the, the Tour de España, or any type of regular road racing tour. These bikes are specifically made for triathlons where they kind of let you design whatever bike you want to design because they're not allowed to draft. In Tour de France, you can draft, right? Now, this bike is extremely heavy, uh, extremely heavy, and it's still cutting through the wind. That's how aerodynamic it is. And the way they designed it, this is really interesting. So they took two, they believe that the most important things on a bike is the wheels. So they designed the wheels to be very, very, very much aerodynamic and low drag. But, and then they said, then they designed to fill in the space around the, those two tires. So what did they do? They didn't leave much open space around there. So usually when you see a bike frame, how you usually see a bike frame, you see the little diamond, little shape, you know, carbon fiber, steel rod tubes going back and forth. It makes, makes them like, like a nice diamond. Well, apparently all of that, all of what you see right there on the tubes and everything right there, they actually increase drag. And when you go faster, it increases drag exponentially because, because the air goes in and around there and it causes turbulence. Well, what they did was that they filled in all of that and they got rid of the top chain stays too. So now what happens is that the, the whole bike is now a huge airfoil, which includes the, t- the tires, and it just slices through the wind. In fact, when you have headwind, it, it decreases the drag. And then what happens behind of it is that it creates this air turbulence. So that's what I was feeling. That's why when I was trying to draft him, this bike isn't made to draft. It's not displacing wind. It's actually um, displacing a lot of wind. So behind of him, you have more air turbulence than anything else. That's why I wasn't getting a really, really good draft. But he was getting, he himself, it was like riding in a peloton. So he's like riding, for him, when he's hitting the wind, it feels like he's riding with a huge peloton. A peloton is when you watch the, the, the Tour de France and they're riding with like, you know, a hundred riders. That's what he feels like to him. For me, it feels like I'm still getting hit by this wind and I'm just trying with my best will to, to like muscle it to get 22 miles per hour. I'm still getting a little bit draft, a little bit pull, but I'm, but usually I, I tell you what, when I draft people, I don't care if they're really, really fast. I hardly have to pedal and, and that, that their drag just pulls me. So I can go behind the car and that car can pull me to 27 miles per hour. I hardly have to pedal. I'm not even sweating. I'm not even sweating because it just pulls me. That's with a car. I wasn't getting it with this. When I, when I draft people and they're going fast down there, when you draft someone uh, and they're like sprinting out there and they're going about 30 something miles per hour and they're sprinting, you're behind that guy and you hardly have to pedal. And that's why when you see in the Tour de France, you see these sprinters being lead out by all these guys and they're getting their speed up really a lot. They're hardly pedaling. They're keeping their legs until the last sprint. So that's what the, that's what the whole whole, um, the, 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 uh, I guess the whole uh, strategy behind the Tour de France is having a strong team and you have to draft behind them, even drafting up hills, because when you draft on a regular, regular bike, it just, a regular, a regular bike will displace a lot of air, a lot of bad air. And you'll be stuck in this little cocoon of like very calm air. And in fact, when you draft really well, you don't get to hear wind. And it's really interesting when you draft really, really well. In fact, a couple of people, if you have a couple of people in front of you are drafting them, you can actually talk to the person next to you and you're going around, you know, 30 miles per hour, 27 miles per hour. You all are going to speed 
and you can have a conversation with each other. That's how incredible, like when you have a really good draft. This, I could still hear so much wind behind this guy. So that's what happened. So this bike is just designed incredibly. It cost eight grand, which isn't much for a really fast bike. And it's so efficient because usually you want a fast bike usually means you have a very, very light bike. But in this case, this bike is so heavy. And um, I tell you what, people, uh, you know, I've never, ever, ever seen a bike this fast, ever. And uh, when you listen to it, like when you listen to it cut through the air, it sounds, even at low speeds, it has this like very strange um, um, sound. Like most triathlon bikes have a kind of a weird, weird sound that sounds like wow, wow, wow. This one was like wow, 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 wow. Like it's like whoa. It sounded like it, it's the, that's why I thought it had it had an electric motor, and but it didn't. It doesn't. So anyway. That's my experience getting my ass kicked by the fastest bike in the world. And by the way, this guy who was riding it was also in very, very good shape. So it didn't help that he was really good shape. But here's the really interesting thing about it. Now, when I ride Kehi Lagoon or Lagoon Drive, I ride six laps. That's 25 miles. Uh, sometimes I ride seven, which is 30 miles, right? And I'm riding it at a pretty good clip. I'm riding maybe an average speed of 17 miles per hour to 18 miles per hour. That's really good in headwinds of 25 miles per hour. So imagine half of that is in headwinds of 25 miles per hour. On the other side, we can tailwind of 25 miles per hour, which is great, but it doesn't really help because you're going to go back. When you turn around, you're thinking, oh, what the hell? You know, this is horrible. So this guy, he only rode four laps and he was done with it. He only rode four laps. And by the time, after the lap that he rode with me, the third lap, he was going really slow. The fourth lap, it looked as though he was dying. He was not coming in there. He was not coming to the parking lot at all. I rode one lap with him. I was done. So this guy, um, he gave it his all when he raced me on that one lap going against the, the, the wind. And, uh, but that was cool, though. That was really, really cool. Um, it was really, like a lot of times, you know, these guys don't like you racing them. But this guy was actually pretty awesome. So anyway, that is my podcast for today. I hope you liked it. And I hope you'll be tuning in for more. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ two movies that's bbq to movies yeah the to is not the number two by the way it is to like terrell owens so that's bbq two movies catch you around